0: Good morning Nachum. Good Arv Shabbos everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shovtim. Parsha Shovtim according to the Chinuch contains 41 mitzvos, 14 positive mitzvos and 27 restrictions. Interestingly, the parsha begins with the mitzvah of appointing judges and officers. On the surface, it means that the judges and officers are to ensure that there is law and order in the land. Tzedek tzedek tir The chinuch understands this a lot stronger. And I quote the opening sentence of the chinuch. L'manoz shovtim There is an obligation on the Jewish nation to appoint judges, officers, sheyachrichu l'asos mitzvos hatorah. Their job is to ensure that the Jewish community performs mitzvos. We believe that Judaism is a democracy. You want to, you don't know. That's not what the Torah is saying. The Torah is saying you are to create an environment to create a society in which the Jewish people observe the Torah. And if need be to help those who have gone quote, off the derech and we're talking about so many individuals we're not talking only about certain teenagers who come from observant homes and are more rebellious for different reasons regarding their surroundings. We're talking about the obligation on the entire Jewish community to observe Torah and mitzvos. That is their responsibility to create the environment in which people, should please God, want to observe and want to live a Torah way of life. Indeed, the Shalah HaKadosh and the Bnei Yisachar in his Agra understand the opening Pasuk of Shoftim V'shotrim, Titen L'cha, you are to place in all your gates to mean not only the appointment of judges in your cities but rather to refer to the various openings of the individual that you have namely the openings of our head the two eyes two ears two nostrils and our mouth That these gates are to be Titen Lucha in your control, meaning that you are to be on guard to create for yourself a positive, nurturing environment open for growth. Now, I particularly use that expression, open for growth, because interestingly, man resists. Change. If we take a look at the very first man, Adam Arishon, the Torah tells us in the second perech of Bereshus, chapter 15, that Vayikach Hashem takes Esho Adam, God takes man, right, which he created, and what does he do? He places him in Ganeden. What didn't you understand? It's quite clear. Rashi adds, God doesn't simply move him from one location to another, but he has to persuade him. What does that mean? It means that wherever Adam was created, outside the garden, he was satisfied and happy to be there. Hashem had to persuade him, come on Adam, it will be good for you, etc. That causes Adam to be moved, and when the time comes to leave the garden, the Torah teaches the same thing. That The Torah says first, at the end of chapter 3, Vayishalchehu, that Hashem literally sends Adam away, in a polite way, migan eden. But then, unfortunately, when Adam resists the change and doesn't want to leave, then Goresh es ha'adam, the next Pasuk, Hashem literally has to banish him and chase him out. Man resists change. And we find so many of the Musa teachers tell us that they quote the teaching of Rabbi Yisrael Salanta, that it's easier to finish studying the entire Talmud than to change one of our character traits, one of our Midos. And Rav Avram Tursky, in his work, Addictive Thinking, has the following interesting experiment. Try it. Fold your hands across your chest naturally to relax and observe the position of your hands. Some people fold the left over the right, others the reverse. And after noting how you do it, unfold your hands and now fold them again, this time in the opposite way. If you normally put right over left, this time put left over right. And you'll probably notice how awkward this feels. The old way is normal and relaxing. And the new way may seem strange. And you may feel you can never relax in this position. Now listen, my friends. If a simple change in position in your hands is uncomfortable, just think how uncomfortable it is to change part of your behavior or lifestyle, but yet the Torah tells us you could do it, and you will do it. Now, Rev. Elio Schlesinger, Schlita, in his Eila Hadvarim, gives several powerful examples of great individuals who resisted change. Now, I believe both in the Torah and in Tanakh, There's no such thing as a Bible story. If stories are given, it's for us to learn the lesson therefrom, what to do or what not to do. And as a preface, oftentimes we see something and we say to ourselves, oh my goodness, how could it be? And we see this, unfortunately, in Yenom, in the next person. But we don't see it in ourselves. And therefore, as I share these three different stories from Tanakh with you, I ask you, don't look only to the right and left and in front of you and behind you and attribute this to people whom we know don't change, but let's look primarily at ourselves. Now, interestingly, Rish in the Gemara Erevin 19a teaches, that al pischo Gehenum That literally, evildoers, even at the brink of Gehenum of hell, do not change and repent. Case in point, after the city of Yericho was burnt and destroyed by Yoshua, Yoshua imposes a curse on whoever would attempt to rebuild the city. Amazing. What does he say? He warns the Jewish people, Arura Ish, cursed is the man. Lifne Hem Asheyokum Uvana eso'ir Hazos, if he'll have the Chutzpah to rebuild Jericho. Bivchoro Yiasdena, literally with his firstborn son, Will he unfortunately pay his first and oldest child will die when he lays the foundation, and Uvitsi with his youngest child, Yatsid Delosera, will he literally set up his gates? Now though this was a most frightening curse that one would lose each of his sons during the construction. Five centuries later, Chil of Beit El, during the reign of Achav, defied the curse of Yoshua, and as we're taught in Malachim 1, book of Kings 1, chapter 16, verse 34 we find literally Biamov in the days of Achav Banachil Bezo Elias Jericho but Aviram Yosda with his oldest son Aviram he lost him when he laid the foundation Uvisgibts Ero he the and with his son Skiv Unfortunately, his youngest one he died when he opened the gates of the city, as Hashem had told Yoshua bin Nun. Now I believe that this is something which none of us would believe were it not written in the Tanakh. Ask yourself. How is it possible that after the passing of his oldest, which occurred with the laying of the foundation, and the subsequent passing of his sons, how could he continue to defy the word and will of Hashem? But what's the answer? The answer is the Gemara in Erevin, that Rishoim, the wicked ones, even when they are at the gate of hell, they don't repent and they say, stubborn in their ways. And moreover, the Yalkut Shimoni in Melachim 1, chapter 18, tells us that when Elio and be challenged the four hundred fifty. Prophets to come to the top of Hara Carmel to bring down the fire this same chil agreed to risk his life under the mezbeach that the false prophets had made and was going to ignite a fire from beneath the altar giving the impression that Baal had indeed responded to their request only to be bitten and killed by a snake sent from Hashem a second example in the days of Yirmiyo there was a false prophet, his name was Hananiah ben Azor, who tried to influence the Jewish nation against Yirmiyo and against returning to Hashem. Yirmiyo prophesied that the false prophet would die that year. Hananiah, listen to this, was on his deathbed and died as we're taught Yirmiyahu, chapter 28, Pasuk 17. But what does Rashi tell us? That what was the last will and testament of this Hananiah? He told his children that, Please, bury me after Rosh Hashanah. And that way, people will see, Aha! That year, Miyo was wrong. That I didn't die before Rosh Hashanah that year, as the prophet had said I would, but his words were not actualized. Once again, literally at the opening of Gehenna, he's on his deathbed. Instead of repenting, the wicked do not repent. And remember, we see it in Yenam, and finally Yeravam ben Nevat, who, while he was offering incense to. Idolatry, as he stood on the altar is confronted by Edo the Navi and Edo said to him the very altar will split its ashes will spill and Yeruvan stretched out his hand and said seize him and at that point his arm became paralyzed we find this in the first book of Kings chapter 13 pasuk 4 and he could not withdraw his arm The altar breaks, as Edo said it would. Its ashes spilled. And Yeravam then asks, listen to this chutzpah, he asks the Navi to pray to Hashem that his arm be healed. The prophet prays. And the Posa continues, listen carefully, that the king was able to bring back his arm, Vatihi Kivarishona, and it was as before. Though the literal understanding of the last two words, it was as before, is that his arm became healthy as it was before. But the Medrish Tanchuma in Kisisa teaches, you know what it means? That the king, he, Yeravim ben Nevat, was like before. Namely, he returned to Avodah These three examples, Nebach, what do they show? They show how entrenched one can be in their ways, how difficult it is to change. So why am I sharing this with you? Because again, we must learn that unbelievable, we can do it, and therefore, watch. Given the difficulty for change, I believe the first thing is, how are we going to do it? Starting tomorrow morning when we say, in the Shemona Esrei. Now, not the Shemona Esrei of Shabbos, but starting this afternoon at Mincha. Please, God, when we davi Mincha, we have the Shemona Esrei in three sections. The middle section, which has the requests. The first request is for knowledge. Das, Understanding. God, give me understanding that I can see what's going on in my life. And then what's the next thing? The bracha of tshuva. Whereby hashiveinu ovinu l'sorasecha. What does that mean? We ask for Siyata Dishmaya Hashem. I can't do it alone. It's so hard for me to do it, but guess what? Your divine assistance in the process, you can help me, and you will help me, and he wants to help me. And that's a very important first step. Pray for it, and Hashem will. You open up a little door. The Medrash teaches so powerfully, Pishuli, open for me that little bit of a door like the eye of a needle, and I, Hashem, will assist you and open up the door that wagons can pass through. That's number one. And secondly, I believe that another very important component regarding the challenge of change is to listen to Avos, Pirkei Avos, Chapter 1, Mishnah 16, Asei L'cho Rav. Get yourself a teacher, a mentor, who by virtue of your association with him, serves as a positive inspiration for growth and personal accountability. Learn from these stories once again. We see it in Yenam, how foolish the next one is to be so entrenched in their ways. If it wasn't possible, the Torah wouldn't ask it of us. Shovtim It starts with you, and we can do it, especially in this month of Elmo. Shabbat Shalom to all.